And I remember just like shutting my laptop and going for a run to clear my head. And that's when kind of, you know, the light bulb went off for me. That's like, well, wait a second, this is impacting everyone. And the only way that we're going to be able to go even close to 100% is by taking care of our own mental health. And so that was kind of the turning point for us where we were like, okay, similar to how on an airplane, they say you put your own face mask on before you put it on the person next to you. I think that was a really big wake up call for us to really focus on taking care of our own mental health. Welcome to Sit Down Startup Founder Podcast, where we interview top founders on all things growth, retention, expansion. It's our goal to help you learn from the best by hearing exactly what they did so you can apply those similar approaches to your seed and Series A company. I'm your host, Adam O'Donnell, former founder in Silicon Valley VC. I currently manage VC and startup partnerships at Zendesk for Startups here in Silicon Valley. Zendesk for Startups offers six months free for all things Zendesk for all qualified high growth companies. Hey listeners, today I had the pleasure of interviewing Allison Watson, the founder and CEO of Modern Health. My biggest takeaway was the importance of mental health and looking at it as a growth strategy. She said, if we're not first focusing on our own team and making sure that we're sharp, then how can we be selling this as a product? Of course, as they focused on their own team and making sure that they had fit minds, their growth happened. They've grown to over 400 employees. They've raised $160 million. It's a great episode. You're going to learn a lot. Today, I want to shout out to one of our top partners, First Base. They're an all-in-one incorporation tool, and they make it really easy to get your company incorporated in the United States. I'll make sure to put a link in the show notes. Check them out. Allison, thank you so much for joining the show. Really excited to just hear more about Modern Health. And just for anyone who isn't aware, can you just give us a, a quick overview of the company and what you do? Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here. At a, at a high level, Modern Health is a mental health uh, platform for employers. So we work with employers to make it easy for their employees to get access to support for their mental health and all of their mental health needs. So I love it. And just for the founders out there who started doing something when they first started the company and then they had to pivot, was this the same thing that you were doing when you first started back in 2017? Yeah, it's a good question. I think the problem to solve has always been there. Our approach to how we solve that problem has certainly changed. And I think just generally when you know, companies are starting out. And I think this was true for us and really helped us navigate and have a North Star in the early days is what's that problem to solve. And for us, it was making mental health accessible in a way that's engaging, drives outcomes, but it's also cost effective. And at the end of the day, the way in which that problem can be solved can be solved in a number of different ways and it can often change over time. But for us, it was always that's the problem to solve. And so let's just focus on that as our North Star. But certainly the way in which we were going about solving that has definitely evolved and changed over the past couple of years. That's really good to hear because I started two smaller SaaS companies and we definitely pivoted a lot, but I love how the problem, like you're not changing that, the passion around that is there, but just being able to, to move around that. Hopefully that helps a lot of founders who feel frustrated because they've changed 20 times or however many times. So that's... um. I think part of being in the early days is being really flexible and fast and nimble and not getting so tied to your product idea or you know the original user experience that you were focused on. Because again, at the end of the day, it's what's the problem that you're solving and just be flexible and, and how you're approaching solving that. So good. Well, I mean, let's dive into some of the groceries that you had and would love to know one of the most impactful like strategies or tactics that you use to really increase the growth of modern health. Maybe there's a specific inflection point that we could talk about. Yeah, for sure. So I think we were fortunate enough to go through Y Combinator and their whole focus is on focusing on the member and focusing on the user and talking to them and getting their feedback. And so 
it's interesting for us because we have a number of different stakeholders that we work with. So we've got members who are employees who get access to the product and their dependents, you know, who get access to the benefit. We have employers that we work with. And then we also have providers, right? We've built a global network of providers that includes therapists, coaches, and are delivering services through our platform. And so we need to make sure that we create an amazing experience for all three of those stakeholders um, and really align incentives. And so for us, I think that was part of the inflection point was realizing that we were so focused on the member experience or we were just so focused on the employer. And then we thought like, we need to equally focus on all three of those, really aligning those incentives and building a great experience across the board, because ultimately to deliver an amazing mental health care solution, you have to focus on all of those stakeholders, whether it's the payer or the provider or the employer or the member. And so that was really an inflection point for us was making those investments and realizing, okay, we should be investing the same, if not more in the provider experience as we are in the member experience that ultimately is going to deliver a better experience for the end user. So I think that was a big inflection point for us. Obviously the pandemic, I think there's certainly like the mental health space has taken off as I'm sure most people realize. And I think largely due to the fact that one, mental health issues, yes, they have increased, but there has always been that need. And there was this latent demand. And basically what I kind of my perspective on it is there was this shift and change with culture and society from a more macro perspective of people being more open and talking about mental health. Um, Pre-pandemic, even not that long ago, like pre-pandemic, mental health was still super taboo, super stigmatized. People didn't feel comfortable talking about it in the workplace. Then all of a sudden this pandemic hits and people realize, yes, of course, it's impacting some more than others, but it's this global thing that is impacting everyone and impacting everyone's mental health in some capacity. So all of a sudden it became more normalized to talk about this thing that is impacting all of our mental health. And once that happened, well, then it really started the conversation of all these other things that impact our mental health, whether it's ongoing racial injustice, climate change, relationship issues, stress in the workplace, whatever it may be, there's of course these external factors that influence and impact our mental health. But I really do think that the pandemic was the catalyst for us to feel comfortable having that conversation. And now mental health has become that fourth pillar of benefits in addition to medical, dental, vision. Every employer is rolling out a mental health benefit. And I think it's a combination of that, that inflection point for us of focusing on all those stakeholders while also seeing what was happening in the market, which was all of a sudden people felt more comfortable speaking up about mental health issues, which ultimately drove employers to realize that they really needed to make this investment. Oh, that's so good. It's, it's like when the two worlds align, like internally, you've been figuring out and just working hard. And then this external factor happens and when those overlap. It's just incredible. If we could just pull apart the first piece in terms of the way that you looked at the three different stakeholders, because all the back in like the 2012 days, 2014, 2015, it was always about focusing on one thing. Like you can only do so many things well. So for you to say, we've got to do the provider well, we got to do the member well, we got to do the employer well. Help me with that perspective that for any founders on like how you actually could do three things well, that just seems impossible as a small company. Yeah, there's definitely challenges to that. I mean, I think it's knowing where to make investments. I think it ultimately just comes down to prioritization. I think at every, I mean, through going through hyper growth from the early days all the way to, you know, we're nearing 400 employees and we still feel like we have an, a finite number of resources and an infinite to-do list and things that we want to get done. So it really just comes down to ruthless prioritization. And that can come in a number of different ways. Ultimately, it can be, how does this ladder up to the business objectives? Are the business objectives focus on growth? Is it consumer growth? Is it revenue growth? Is it retention? Is it outcomes? Is it is it economic? So it's really figuring out what are those business objectives and then 
I think ruthlessly prioritizing against them. And for us, it really did make sense to ruthlessly prioritize the member experience, the employer experience and the provider experience. And so we ended up building teams out. We're supporting each of those, those experiences and really making an investment there and other things we had to deprioritize. So it might've been, let's make our, our operating model to support that may be inefficient for now. We will spend our tech resources over here instead of over here because we think it's worth that for these investments. And so I think it's just constantly looking at what are the business objectives and then how do you prioritize your resources against those? For us, it, for better or for worse, it was having to focus on all three of those things, which is really hard to do. I think that's one of the challenges of being in the digital health space. And not just true for modern health, but true for one, any mental health company, but two, really most digital health companies is there's a number of constituents that are involved that you need to take into account when you're building your company. It's not just like, oh, we sell this thing to consumer and like, this is the member experience. Like there's a number of different players, which is why the digital health space is complicated and can be difficult to figure out where to prioritize your resources and which stakeholder to focus on. Absolutely. I just imagine it'd be frustrating because it's like, okay, we figured out what the employer really wants, which is like our buyer, it sounds like a little bit different than like what the provider works. And, and so like, that doesn't work. Now we have to go back. So is there any like matrix that you use or any, the more tactical, the better like, that you actually looked at that? Because I imagine there was like, formulas potentially, this one helps this, this stakeholder, this one, but this one doesn't work. Any, anything else you can tell us on that? Yeah. I think for us, it was really focusing on the triple aim of healthcare, which was how do you drive engagement, drive meaningful clinical outcomes and do it in a way that was cost-effective. For us, it's going to be different for different industries, but that was our Venn diagram. Like what was in the center of that? What was in the bullseye of that? And how did we make sure that everything that we're doing at Modern Health ultimately ladders up and supports that? Got it. That's good. Was it a lot of whiteboard sessions? Yeah, a lot of whiteboard sessions in the early days. Honestly, it was constantly having brainstorming sessions as a group. And that was across the entire company, whether it was on tech, clinical care operations, and really kind of hashing it out and, and doing whiteboard sessions, but also talking to members, talking to potential customers. So talking to employers, talking to providers, talking to members, and just doing a, a ton of user research. Oh, that's so good. And was that like a 20 minute kind of Zoom call that you're, you're having with them or were you going in person? Pre-COVID was certainly in person. I mean, we did a ton of phone calls. I think some were on Zoom. There was a lot of phone calls we would do with providers, but Certainly, we used to have people come to our office and we would just like watch them walk through flow digitally and just like see how see how that worked and, and doing it in person. I think that was really helpful to observe, especially for the member experience, like how they actually engaged in person so we could watch it. Oh, that's cool. So you're saying you would have a, a like a member representative come in to the actual office and you would watch their computer screen as they started using Yeah, we would do user research. They would download the app, they'd go through it, we'd watch them how they'd go through that, or they would do it on their laptop and we would just observe and watch them go through the process. That's so cool. I did similar stuff like that, try to do it like on a Zoom recording and getting the other person to share their screen and then sending them the email like, hey, log into our platform. And right. Have it. So it's similar, but that's really cool. The last thing I would love to zoom in on is the macro impact of COVID for you and how you kind of handled that, like a, an amazing event that happens in a really positive way. But I imagine the pressure and the strain as you're starting to grow at that rate, was there any learnings there that we could examine? Yeah. I think a ton of learnings, right, for companies, whether they their growth has accelerated or declined through COVID. But I think for us, I mean, a number of things. One, I think really focusing on our own mental health was like a big learning experience and big learning experience for me. When COVID hit, it was like, okay, wow, there's a big opportunity in front of us. People need mental health resources for their employees and demand has increased. 
So this is a big opportunity for us, right? It's an opportunity for us to grow. Like we should be so pumped about this. We should be ready to go 110%. I'll never forget giving this kind of rallying cry during an all hands to the team saying like, this is our moment. This is our opportunity. Let's go all out. Let's go 110% to support all the customers that need us and all of their members and employees that need us. And everyone's kind of like, okay, yeah, like not in their head. And then like four weeks passed and someone who very fortunate position to have a roof over my head and a job and get to wake up in the morning and work on something that is making a positive impact in the world. COVID hit. Yes. I almost felt like this shame or guilt of complaining about the impact of being isolated or at home or over Zoom because it's like, well, certainly other people are faced with more challenges than we were. And so it dawned on me, I was like writing, I was writing an email and it was like taking me an hour to write a three sentence email. I've been on Zoom all day and it was an adjustment for all of us to go from being in person to being on Zoom 10 to 12 hours a day. And I remember just like shutting my laptop and going for a run to clear my head. You know, the light bulb went off for me. That's like, well, wait a second, this is impacting everyone. And the only way that we're going to be able to go even close to a hundred percent is by taking care of our own mental health. And so that was kind of the turning point for us where we were like, okay, similar to how an airplane, they say you put your own face mask on before you put it on the person next to you. I think that was a really big wake up call for us to really focus on taking care of our own mental health. And that's not to say that like, we're not going to work hard. And of course, any hyper growth startup is stressful. And we were going after a super ambitious goal. And so it's going to require a lot of her work. But in order to do that successfully, we have to take care of ourselves. And so whether that means carving out time for sleeping well, eating well, meditating, getting physical exercise, getting outside, spending time with loved ones, you have to prioritize that. And that was a big learning for me personally, because I started to feel that Zoom fatigue and burnout that I think I was just in denial of. And that ultimately by taking a step back and really investing in our own employees and our own employee experience ultimately allowed us to then grow much faster and go from when the pandemic hit, we were about 40 employees and now we're nearing 400 employees. So have gone through some crazy growth in this remote world as well. And I think another learning for us is just that connection, really focusing on continuing to build those relationships, especially in this remote environment where we connect over Zoom. And at the end of the day, what, you know, what drives human happiness is connecting with others in an authentic way, which can be hard to do over Zoom, but we really invested in building those relationships and scaling that culture where people felt like they were part of a team and really connected to others. Oh, that's so good. If you don't focus on the base, then the whole thing falls apart and, and the right. base is ultimately your team. Well, and at the end of the day, like with any, any company, any startup, like human capital is your number one asset. Without the people there, you're not gonna be able to build the product. You're not gonna be able to scale the product. You're not gonna be able to grow. It seems kind of obvious, but it really is important. Invest in yourself as a founder, but also invest in your people and make sure you take care of yourself and make sure you support your own team taking care of themselves. And ultimately you'll be able to grow much faster and to deliver a much better experience. Allison, thank you so much for your time. This is incredible. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Google. If you want to learn more about Zendesk for Startups and our free offer, please check out our website at zendesk.com startups.